Welcome to Quantum Leap, the podcast that explores how we achieve new heights in leadership, business, and life. And I'm here again with Terry Ostroviak, David Wolf with you. And Terry, welcome back. Ah, thank you, David. I'm pleased to be here. Absolutely. And I love your ah, because it's part of aha, which is a big piece of the work you do <laughs> in Quantum Leap. And uh, today we're going to talk about a subject that is uh, ubiquitous to humanity, but it often surfaces with many of the clients that uh, you work with and, uh, of course, all professionals or anyone who's involved with anything that, that they really care about. If you care, you're going to be subject to the concept of fear. Yes, that's exactly what we're going to talk about this morning. And I suppose the reason that we're going to talk about it, David, is because I've had about three instances this week that have that have cropped up with various clients that I'm working with, uh, where that seems to be an all-pervasive thought in their minds and seems to be paralyzing them in some way. And they're not aware of it. I mean, we've talked about it. Now they're aware of it, but they were not aware of it at the time. So uh, I think it's a very apt subject to talk about today. So last week we, we talked about um, how we could get ourselves into the right state of mind. That was the, the objective behind it. And what do we have to change in order to get into the right state of mind? I mentioned to you that there was a, a client that, I, that I'm working with who, who talked about being um, literally paralyzed with negative thoughts that flood his mind. And uh, he wondered how he should do that. And we didn't really have time to explore the alternative strategies that he could use. Mm -hmm. um, so let's talk about them today. All right. The first thing that, that I, I, I don't know, I picked up these things over the years. There's nothing new in the world. Everything that we use is, is being recycled by somebody <laughs> else. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and but it's, it's, so it's our experience. It's the way that we modify that information and how we knit it into the fabric of our lives that actually makes the difference. It's not the concept itself. It's what we do with it that, that makes the difference. Yeah. So here's, here are a couple of things that, that, that have come up. Let me give you some examples just to set the scene for a moment. There's one woman that, I, that, that I'm working with at the moment that was passed on to me um, from, from a client friend of mine. And she she's not used to the idea of networking. It's, it, it doesn't come naturally to her. I know you're very good at it, but this woman is not good at it. Right. So she says, well, she goes to networking meetings. But when I listen to her talk, I know that she doesn't really know what she should say in a networking meeting. It's just way out of her comfort zone. So one of the suggestions that I made to her to reduce the fear that, that paralyzes her when she gets into those situations is not to be out there looking for brand new people as a starting point, but to actually write down a list of people. This is how I put it to her. Write down a list of people that you know care about you, people that you trust because you have the feeling that they care about you. And ask them if they can make some suggestions as to which organizations or which people they may know that could connect her with companies that might be interested in her particular skill set. Hmm. 
rather than looking for people that she doesn't know and going through a list of, you know, some people are good at doing that. I think you are very good at it. You could literally phone up somebody out of the blue and you could talk with them and you could persuade them to do at least to give you a hearing, at least to sit down and have a cup of coffee with you. Yeah. Uh, a five minute cup of coffee. <laughs> and, um, it's funny that I mentioned that right now because you're in Albuquerque and uh, that's where I came up with the, <laughs> the, the coffee concept. The coffee concept, and I'm not digressing right now, the coffee concept says if you don't know somebody, you walk in to an organization and say, you know, I've, I've been looking at your business for a moment and we've got something that, that might be of interest to you. Would you prepared be prepared to sit down with me for five to ten minutes and have a cup of coffee with me just to explore whether this idea could be of some value to you or not. In other words, I'm not expecting it to necessarily have value in every ta- in every case, mm-hmm. but would you be prepared to spend five minutes exploring it just to see if it's got some value for you or not? Now, that sounds kind of, you're giving them an out, but all you're really saying is, I'm asking for five minutes of your time. That's a tremendous opener. And this friend of mine that lived in Albuquerque, he came up with that idea for, for running his business, for looking for prospects. Yep. That's what he could do. That was the, the coffee, the coffee uh, track that he used. I've just given it to you. For somebody who really grasps this, this could be worth millions. <laughs> for other people, it it's probably is or, the, or not part. Well, it's, but it's, the beauty it's, of it is that it doesn't create tremendous uh, anxiety and stress. So it makes it easy in the selling business to be able to get face-to-face with somebody. Right, let's get back to my example. The woman that I'm talking about right now, I said, instead of trying to think of a whole bunch of people that you don't know and go cold canvassing, as they used to say, I said, why don't you write down the names of people you know care about you and follow them up and ask them for some leads and then work from that. And then... Second step, ask them to introduce you so that they break the ice for you right up front. How does that sound? She said, well, that sounds a lot easier. I said, okay, phone me back in a week. Tell me how you've been doing. Wow. Because that's what it boils down to. So let's get back to fear. Fear is the, is, is the, the aspect that causes this paralysis that, that many of us go through or the floods of of negative thinking, or the painful experiences that flood our minds at times that stop us from moving forward. Some people know what I'm talking about. Others would say, well, that's easy to resolve, but it's it's not easy for some people. So here's some ideas that might be useful today. Some of the things that I've tried over the years. One of them is to, as a public speaker, for instance, and I've done a lot of public speaking over the years. I've run programs where we've had up to 40, 50 people in a class every single week for 12 to 14 weeks. On other occasions, I've done presentations to over over 2,000 people. And uh, people say, isn't that frightening for you? I said, well, it was. Initially, uh, I was petrified of the thing, but I worked through it until it became very, very comfortable. But this is essentially what I did. When I got up in the morning, the first thing that I did was imagine myself in an imaginary bubble. And that bubble is designed, it's, it's imaginary, and it's, simply, and it's obviously totally transparent. Nobody even knows that it exists for me. But it is a bubble that protects me. This is how I, I, I think about it. It protects me from people that are 
out there to because not necessarily to hurt me in any way, but maybe who might make a remark or who might be antagonistic. Or as one of my colleagues once said, somebody put a bean up their nose that particular day and they're in a bad mood and you just ended up being the victim. Right, right. So how do we protect ourselves from all these different influences out there? Well, I imagine myself in an imaginary bubble. (laughs) When people shoot these little arrows at me, they bounce off the bubble. Yep. And so when I went into any group meeting after that, I always knew that 99.9% of the people would be on my side. But there's always one person in an audience that you sense is not on your side or is antagonistic in some way. They may not say a word. You can just see it in their faces. And we tend to put inordinate amounts of attention on on their person. In order to in order to win them over, instead of being able to ignore them and concentrate on the ninety nine percent. So how do I do it? I imagine myself in that bubble, and any time that I felt that I was going into a group meeting or some unknown experience, I would imagine myself in that bubble for a moment, simply to protect myself. It's a kind of feeling or a thought that I had. For some people listening to this podcast today, they'll say, "Wow, what a wonderful idea." And maybe there are others that would say to themselves, I don't need to do that. I've worked through that already. That's fine. Whichever, whichever stage of, of, of evolvement you feel you're in, you do that. But this is one thing that worked for me. Another thing that I did was I made a point. I don't do it as often anymore. But I made a point that, that I would shower every single morning, not in the evenings, but in the morning. And I would wash off a lot of the negative thinking and painful experiences of the previous day or the previous days or even from the from the night before. I've got a habit of often waking up at four or five o'clock in the morning. And that's when I, I seem to be vulnerable to painful thoughts mm-hmm. a lot. Mm-hmm. So if I have a shower, I use that as a metaphor for washing away all that negativity or pain that might be assailing me at that particular time. And I I created a routine for doing that for many, many, many years when I was in business, in in, day-to-day business from 8 to, uh, I didn't come home at 5 o'clock because we used to run evening classes until 11 o'clock at night. So many times it was a long day (laughs) for me. I I loved what I was doing, so it was never a problem. That was never a problem. But e- and even as you loved what you were doing, there you were still subject to some amount of uh, uh, what you perceived to be negative thinking that you needed to yeah. wash away. Isn't that interesting? Yes, I would. I call them not necessarily negative feelings, but oh. painful experiences that suddenly flooded into my mind oh. as one person reminded me of some other painful experience. For instance, that kind of th- mm-hmm. thought. Mm-hmm. And in the people business, I mean, we, you know, we're meeting hundreds of people in any, at any time. And we're talking to lots of different people. And not everybody's in a good frame of mind. Right, right. And so we have a, a, a penchant for, um, for, for picking up on that negativity or those painful experiences or that mood, that, that negative mood feeling that somebody else has got. And we walk away and say, I wonder what it was that he or she didn't like about me when it had nothing to do with us. And Terry, what's fascinating about that is, as we all know, some of them are in the media right now, uh, uh, that that we can observe that because of their lack of empathy or their lack of, um, they're not, they're not, 
they don't care enough to get worried about the world's forces exactly. coming at and puncturing their bubble. I mean, guys like me and you, perhaps, are much more sensitive and susceptible to these forces, probably most of the population. And I'll let you, I'll defer to you to quantify that because you've dealt with a lot of yeah. clients around fear. But, yeah. but, uh, but there's some people that are just simply wired so that this isn't even something they even remotely consider fear. Is, isn't that exactly. true? It comes from a heightened sense of awareness that uh, that anybody that works in the people industry uh, have developed. And as a result of having developed that, we, we're subject to seeing things or feeling things or recognizing things that many other people don't even begin to, to, to understand. I call a lot of those people that don't have that heightened awareness happy cabbages. <laughs> happy cabbages. Well, so, is the, so here, the, which begs the question, is there a way that we could incorporate the cabbage effect as a uh, sensitive, heightened, aware ha, uh, individual with heightened awareness in the world? Can we adopt some of that cabbage factor and apply it, or is it just not compatible? And we have to find another way in. And this is probably well, an individualized anybody, idea. Anybody, anybody that is highly intelligent and who is has a heightened awareness because of their intuition, they've they've sharpened the intuition and awareness of what's going on around them. Yeah, is also subject to this feeling. Uh, a friend of mine, actually from way back, once told me his name was he was a Spanish, beautiful man. His name is Eduardo Criado, and Eduardo said that we are emotionally deformed, <laughs> meaning that we bend over backwards into recognizing why people are thinking a certain thing or why they're feeling a certain thing, and we'll pick up those 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 insights very very quickly. A lot of people just have that innate ability to do that, and other people are totally unaware of it. And I've met people like that. They're blunt, they're very direct, and they don't, those fear factors don't even come into their minds. So it's not so much about how do we train those people to develop that sense of awareness. Uh, they just don't have it, and uh, they'll live their lives, and they'll move forward, and they're very courageous. They very often are crusaders. Uh, you know, they'll, they'll go in marching in, stomping in like a bull in a china shop, and they'll do what they have to do regardless yeah what the feelings are they'll hire and they'll fire uh, you know they're the real they're the real many times in jim collins's book from good to great he'll talk about people who suffer from hubris h-u-b-r-i-s uh, meaning just simply that they are you know so focused on themselves they'll just march through barriers scale high high buildings <laughs> wade through uh, through uh, rivers and will never ever be affected by the feelings of people around them uh that's the but, key there not affected by the feelings or the, not yes. even thinking about the feelings of people around them not that's affected correct. yeah right yes and you know there are people like that around and for many years those were the people that ran businesses and still do in many cases today. But if you read Jim Collins's book on From Good to Great, he talks about people that don't operate from that base, who are not out there expecting to be the focus of attention the whole time. These are people that uh, they build teams around them, but basically build teams around fe the fear factor rather than real teamwork in the sense that anybody can fill in anybody else's job and will be there for them. Mm-hmm. The feeling it's almost like a family feeling 
And today, with the millennials coming into the picture more and more as the years go by, uh, that's a very, very uh, ma- that's a major factor with the millennials. That's one of the millennials being people born, I think, in from ninety up to nineteen ninety five, not up to nineteen five, from nineteen ninety five onwards. Mm-hmm. That category, as opposed to the Gen Xs, yeah, Generation X and Generation Y people. Um, you know, that, that kind of feeling about feelings with, with other people is a major factor for them. That's more important to them than earning money in many instances. So it's that sensitivity. You say to me, how can we get people to become more sensitive? Well, this generation seems to be more sensitive about stuff like this, I, w- I would imagine. And then to turn it around, Terry, part of what I was asking, the opposite of that is that for those of us who are quite heightened in awareness – how can we learn from those who are fearless and not sensitized to those, the feelings of others around them to apply it to, so that we're not as well, paralyzed in our lives? That was part of where I was going, at least in my question. Well, Earl Nightingale always believed that the answer to those kinds of issues was setting goals. I mean, we say it very simply, and it rolls off the tongue very easily. Yeah. His definition of success was the progressive, the progressive realization of a worthy ideal. Wow. That's how he put it, the progressive realization of a worthy ideal. And so the moment we have a goal and we're moving towards a goal, we're not as susceptible to all the negative side issues that that come uh, that, that that might pound us or get in our way or create barriers for us. We'll just go forward and we'll work towards achieving the goal. But people who don't have goals or don't have – remember we talked about the river people that's, mm-hmm. that uh, discussed as well, the river people and the goal-oriented people, mm-hmm. river people with tremendous uh, skills and talents, and it's pretty obvious to them what they should be doing. But even those people need to have goals because when we've got goals, in other words, we're focused on a specific uh, objective or target, we don't get sidetracked that easily. When we don't have goals and we're just floundering or just uh, kind of going with a stream, any direction will take us in the in the to to, to whatever goal pops up. It's that's not a goal. It's whatever whatever bright and shiny syndrome hits us, and we'll go in that direction. And that's when we become susceptible to all kinds of fears and pain. Because because we're putting ourselves in harm's way the whole time. We're we're out way out of our comfort zones, doing things that we shouldn't be doing, and uh, and and we can we are just you know we just we can we are easy victims to the negativity that that assails us. That's really the point behind it. But when we're goal directed, we 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 maintain focus. We get back to the basics and we do the basics, and we follow through on those things. So, the point is that uh, one of the best ways to to handle fear and pain and the sensitivity area is, number one, to set goals for ourselves. Number two, maybe, is simply create a little bubble around ourselves. Number three, use the showering process or the metaphor of the shower, maybe in the morning, maybe in the evening as well. I know it uses a lot of water, but so what? It doesn't have a long shower. But we wash away the pain or the negativity and we start afresh. So we talk about changing our state of mind. Those two little 
techniques or tricks you can call them mm-hmm. are ways in which we can we can overcome that. I've got a friend who's just written to me actually from the Netherlands. Uh, his name is Leo van, we would say in Dutch, van der Voort, but mm-hmm. it's V-A-N-V-O-O-R-T, mm-hmm. who's just been working on the area of what is courage? And I wrote back to him and I said, courage is the ability to expand our comfort zone, get outside of our comfort zone regularly and attempt to do things that prior to that we didn't think were possible. I mean, that's really what I do as a quantum leap catalyst. That's right. So the more we do that, the more alive we become. When we're in the comfort zone, we give ourselves the luxury of thinking about all kinds of things and many times negative thoughts will assail us at that moment as well mm-hmm. and attack. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what is courage? The ability to get outside the comfort zone and do things that are new and exciting. So we set goals that are outside of our comfort zone, way outside. That's what you know. What I use as quantum leap. So if you wonder why I'm talking about this today, those are the things that either can, um, by using the momentum of being outside of the comfort zone, propel us forward or hold us back if we don't have goals, if we stay in the comfort zone. It's comfortable. That's where the happy cabbages live, in the comfort zone. So brilliant. So brilliant. <laughs> so brilliant. Thank you, Terry. Great, great, great session. Terry Ostrovac. He's the Quantum Leap Catalyst. You can find him at www.qlcat.com. Terry? That's it. That's thank it. you. We'll see you next week. Thank you, David. See you next week.